Good. Good morning. Welcome here this morning. Welcome here to Breakthrough City Church. Those that are, that are here and those that are joining us online and looking afterwards the message as well. Welcome. Um, so I want to just continue sharing in that last week I shared about something and it's really just Christianity 101 when it comes to the basic stuff and that. But what, what I started sharing last week, um, I spoke about the, the God kind of love. And um, I, I was started to share about this, how um, God has called us to actually reveal his love on earth. The nature of who God is, is love. And that has to manifest through our lives in different ways. We can't say, you know, as, as I referred to last week, um, I love you, but I hate my brother. Okay, this is, this is really basic stuff, you know, uh, about, you know, we sit with situations in our nation, we sit with our th- situations at our workplace, with situations in our own families, we sit with situations where, you know, we say to the one, I love you, but I actually have something against my brother, my sister. And, and then yet then we say, I'm a Christian, I, I love the Lord. Uh, the Bible says, how can you say that? Because then you're actually a liar. And I shared last week about that. Now, I want to just build a bit further because what I realize is, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, 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 my message is actually two messages today, which I need to try to get into one. So you need to listen quickly as I speak slow. So, uh, um, so this morning, that I'm going to just try to get this, uh, share with you this. Um, I'm going to try to uh, see how we can go through this and that. But... Um, uh, last week, I, sh- I shared with you in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 19, I said that we are called to reconciliation. We've been called to reconcile man to God. So we call, that's the spirit of what we're supposed to carry is to reconcile. Okay. Um, I shared with you scriptures about there. I shared that if you know you have, your brother has something against you, you go and speak to them. Uh-huh. And I said, you go and say, listen, hey, you know, this is what I feel, <laughs> this happened, whatever. And, and you ask for forgiveness. I said as well, the scripture says that if you have something against your brother and that, you know, just you need to go. So both ways, whether your brother has something against you, you go to that person you sort it out. Whether you have some unforgiveness or hurt or whatever, you go and you sort it out. And it's so uh, important because the foundation of what our walk is as Christians is love. Okay, it's not conditional, it's unconditional love. That's the God kind of love. All right. So, um, just show me, wave your hands in that. Who, who's never been hurt before? Oh, Ronald, you. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Yeah, I see you've got your Star Wars shirt on. Woohoo! Uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> you liar. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but all of us have been through this. So, this is one of the things how the enemy actually uses stuff to derail things in our lives. And I realize that one of the greatest onslaughts that we will see in the body, in the church of God on planet earth in the times we are living in, is going to be this. Is where, where, where as believers we are walking in unforgiveness. Because this will give entrance for the enemy into many areas of our lives or our families or our workplaces, our businesses, etc. Okay, so this is going to be, you know, the, what the enemy's tactic is for uh, onslaught. We're living in the end times already. Okay, and uh, um, so, uh, yes, Jesus is coming. He's coming a second time. He's coming to fetch his bride. 
And so we know that the times we're living in these end times, and we're going to get to that. So we call to a place of reconciliation. Isaiah 61 verse 1, I've shared, you know, uh, the scripture as well. It speaks about how, it speaks about, remember I said that there are prisoners. The Bible speaks there are prisoners. And that is someone who's in prison. But then there are captives that are people that are out of prison that are still captive. So you can be a Christian and you can live as a captive. And we live as a captive where in these situations where we have unforgiveness and we have hurts and offenses. So we're not free. We're living as a captive. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to just do here is I'm going to, what I just feel, I'm going to jump through some of my notes. As I said, I've got a, a, a couple of sermons in that year in front of me, but I'm, I'm just going to go with this one thing regarding even in this. So uh, you can have a look at Luke 17 as well, verse 4. Uh, it speaks about this, but basically the Bible speaks that if, um, you've heard this also there's, in the Gospels, it speaks about if, 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 if someone sins against you seven times, that you forgive them seven times. And even if they sin against you in a day seven times, you forgive them in that day seven times. All right. And remember what I told you about the whole theme of it was, is, is the thing about the heart of forgiveness. So it's like, okay, I forgave you so many times. You forgave me this time. Okay, seven times today. Okay, let's try. Do you, I've, had, you know, I've heard people say seven times seven. Okay, it's 49. Okay, but there's more. what if you sin more than unforgiveness? <laughs> the point is, if it happens how many times in a day, forgive the person. Forgive yourself. All right. So, um, uh, you know, it, it says here in, 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 uh, uh, in verse, uh, Luke 17, verse 4, it says, And if he sins against you seven times a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. That's what Jesus said. It says in red letters in my Bible. Okay. And verse 5, and the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Okay? Yeah, he, he's saying, listen, Lord, he says, listen, you've got to increase our faith because I need to forgive people. The apostle said it. Not Tom, Dick, and Harry. The apostle said it. You, you know, this hap- meaning this is happening a lot to us. This is happening how many times a day that I have to forgive people, that people have to forgive me. Hello? Anyone have a bad day? Okay, they were also having a few bad days. So, Matthew 24, you can quickly turn with me, uh, Matthew 24. Um, and it says here, or just turn with me, Matthew 24. I'll turn with one hand page here. Matthew 24, verse 10, says the following. It says, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Verse 11 says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Verse 11, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Remember what's the foundation? The nature of God is love. I said to you, 1 Corinthians 13 speaks about love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering. The attributes of love, the foundation is love. 
So a lot of us looking for patience, Lord, give me patience. God says, listen, you need to love more. Learn to love more. You're going to have more patience. You understand? Sometimes you're looking for the fruit instead of the foundation of it, the root. Love. So yeah, um, it says here in verse 10, Matthew 24, verse 10, it says, and then many will be offended. Now that word many basically speaks about much of number, quantity, or amount. That word there, many. Much in number, quantity, or amount. And um, Jesus says, and he's speaking about most of the people. He's speaking most of people will be offended. And he says, they will betray one another. Anyone being betrayed? They will betray one another. And guess what? They will hate one another. Do you know that someone who's offended eventually will betray you? Or if you are offended with someone, you will some other time betray that person. That's what comes from offense. In Proverbs 18.19, it says the following. Proverbs 18.19, it says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Ish. I know situations. I know people like this. So, we know the story, and I touched earlier on, I mentioned before we went live... But the thing about strong cities have what? Walls. We've touched on this before in the past. So strong cities have walls. And um, why, are, why are there walls? Are there for protection. Isn't that so? So um, sometimes someone who's offended has these walls to protect themselves around their lives. And... Um, you know, you want to protect people from you. Isn't that so? If you hurt, what do you want to do? You want to create distance. So people that are hurt don't like community. <laughs> they don't like family because it can possibly even in the family that hurt people. Your, phys- your own blood family, your spiritual family. So people that are hurt don't like a local house, local community. Guys, I, I just, you know, must bring my lists. It's actually scary because um, this is where the danger, I say, there's ama- I mean, you, we are live online. It's amazing to be online live and that. But there is also a danger because it cannot replace community and family. I'm telling you. I mean, the voice you might be hearing live, that is Tina, um, is she knows because she's been sitting in another country for more than a month. Almost in the bushes. But I mean, exactly. I mean, she could tell you the greatest thing that she desires, that community. So that's part of her work. So you, you understand what's the greatest thing desire is the community because God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is family. He prays a prayer in John 17. He said, Lord, may they be as one as we are one. People say, why was uh, a Garden of Eden so paradise? I mean, ah, I'm a nature lover. I want to check that out, the perfect setting like that one day. But... It wasn't the beauty of the nature. It was unbroken relationships in the Garden of Eden. That's why it was paradise. 
Okay? So, um, so yeah, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. There's these walls we build around ourselves, okay? And in the New Testament, we refer to this as strongholds. Right? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 speaks about this. How when we fill, uh, form these walls, remember I said the enemy hides behind the walls. I've preached on this before about how the enemy would want to hide because that is how stronghold is formed in our mind. It is in our thinking that the enemy forms his strongholds in that. It is a lies that we've believed, offenses and hurts, and we build to protect ourselves these walls. So the strongholds what, uh, is what gets built in our mind. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty for pulling down of strongholds. Okay, so what are those strongholds? Those strongholds are arguments. They're arguments that come against the knowledge of God. They're vain imaginations. They're these arguments that I have. I get offended, I get hurt, and I believe a lie to such an extent that it becomes a stronghold. It, It comes against the knowledge of God. So I have a resistance in my thinking towards truth. And you will know the truth. Know is intimacy. The truth is who? A person. Jesus. And the truth will set you free. It is not just knowing a scripture. It is intimate with the living word. Where I change that imagination that vain imagination that thing that i think in a way which is contrary to the knowledge of who and what god is those are the vain vain imaginations so those are strongholds where in my mind so the enemy can have this influence in my life because there's a stronghold he has a fortress in my thinking So you will see certain Christians avoid certain things. Certain Christians will not do certain things. Certain things don't get breakthroughs. Certain things, certain habits because of strongholds. Because the enemy has a right there. We heard a testimony this morning as well just of how God set people free. Why? Because when the person of the truth, Jesus Christ, steps into the situation, the lie is pulled down, the stronghold comes down. Okay, so um, strongholds are set patterns of reasons through which we process information. So I process a situation built on how renewed my mind is. When I see someone, it's like this, you know, know, new people, suddenly I'm, (laughs) I'm scared to, where does that come from? I had a bad experience. So whatever that filter of that stronghold is influences the way I look at people, the way I even perceive myself, and the way I perceive God. As a man thinketh in himself, so he is. There's no limit to the amount that you and I can renew our minds with truth. There's no limit. 
So the more we renewed with the word, the truth of God, the more we transformed. Many Christians live their old lives, even though giving their life to Jesus is because they've never been renewed in their thinking. So you only do what you know. So I get the goosebumps and I feel the presence of God in there. But I, if I'm not renewed in my mind, I'm still at the same place I was 10 years ago. That's why we've been transformed from glory to glory. We've been transformed by renewing our mind, thinking. Okay. So the word of God says we are to love one another. Okay. And the word, the word of God always focuses on giving. And the thing is, the person who's offended or the offended person will always develop reasoning processes to protect. I protect my relationships. I protect people. Why? I, I, I develop a process by doing of protection. So I create distance so I don't get hurt. That's reasoning many Christians live with. And our relationships we build like that. Instead of this love, this attitude of I'm always giving. That is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The heart of the father is always giving. Um, so if I have these strongholds, I always want to protect myself. So I'm not giving him my relationships. I'm not giving him my time. I'm not giving, you know, you can take it to your finances, guys. Because the strongholds of even finances Oh, well, I'm going, to have short, I'm going to have a shortage. I will not have enough. Well, I actually don't, didn't know that God is my source. My salary then becomes my source. Do you understand how we build reasonings up against God? So that's, that's what I said just on finances alone. I said when I got saved, no one told me to give. Because how do you outgive what you received when you gave your life to Jesus? And the guy disciple me said, listen, please, you know, don't make, don't give this. He got nervous about what I was financially giving. <laughs> the point is, remember, the Dead Sea only receives. The Dead Sea can only receive, but it cannot give out. And we're not supposed to be a Dead Sea. We're supposed to be the pocket of God. We're supposed to be an open-hearted generation of people all right that love god offended christians cannot give out love so betrayal um betrayal if if you feel betrayed in your life about something in relationships to that uh it can be family relationships it can be with your children it can be with your husband your wife it can be with um in business you feel betrayed what happens when you get betrayed hatred Hatred grows in your life. I don't want to do business with this person again. That guy did this to me. He did that. And, and suddenly you, you realize, I have hate towards this person. Anyone ever been in business and someone has done something, done you wrong? They've owed you money. They've done whatever. And suddenly the offended heart, they, where you feel because you trusted the person, you feel betrayed, and suddenly you have a hate. And suddenly you have thoughts, but I will do something to this person violently. Guys, this is very real. Because it happens. But, but that comes from being hurt, being offended, feeling betrayed. 
suddenly hatred comes in. Suddenly hatred comes in. Um, in, in 1 John 3, you can go read there, that the Apostle Paul speaks about this. He says, whoever hates his brother, okay, this is a Christian you know, whoever hates his brother, that means this guy must be now a Christian. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know, no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So, that word hate, whoever hates his brother, that word hate is the Greek word messio, which actually means to love less. Ish, as we say in South Africa. So, that word hate means to love less. The foundation of God, of the nature is love. Has your love grown cold? Do you love less? You see, um, the, the next actually verse here in, in, in Matthew 24 verse 11 says this. It says, Okay, so the verse 10 says, And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Verse 11 says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Do you hear what it says there? Then after these massive offenses and betrayals, what happens? Hatred is the res- results from these betrayers, betrayals. Verse 11 says, then. Alright? Then. As a result of. It says, then. This is the, the result. It says, then, after. Okay, it says, many false prophets will rise up. Who are? Who are the many? The many are those that are offended. False prophets rise up because of offense. People that get offended get deceived later. So the, this, is, this is in the church here, by the way, I'm speaking about. Eh? You see, the offended heart is actually the breeding ground for deception. If you are offended in your heart, guys... It is a breeding ground to become deceived in your life. And I see people who, you know, over the years I've seen in ministry in that, you know, you'll see one person gets offended and then they go to another place. And they go to another place and they get offended because why? They have offense. You cannot be offended unless you have offense. Because Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus, I mean, was continually offended, but he did not take offense. Why? Because he never had offense. What does Jesus call false prophets in Matthew 7.15? You can look there. Matthew 7.15 says this. 
Jesus calls false prophets wolves in sheep's clothing. It does not say wolves in shepherd's clothing. You see, a lot of people expect the person behind the pulpit to be the false prophet. The false prophets are sitting in the chairs in the pews of the church. Ish. You know, it's always, ah, that preacher, you know, he's a false prophet. It speaks about sheep here. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Not shepherds. Wolves in shepherd's clothing. Why? Because offense is rampant in the body of Christ. And that's why we see so many people deceived because of hurts and offense. You see, the goal of wolves is actually to isolate the sheep from the herd. So you'll see someone is offended and hurt. Many times in a local house that will draw the offended people to one side. You'll, you'll, you'll meet other Christians like that. They'll be drawn to a place which is not in a place of authority. And they'll mingle there. And you'll see it's the offended and the hurt people. And there's many places like that. It's not... It wasn't the shepherds. And yes, you can have obviously, obviously shepherds, whatever, false prophets. But the effect of what this scripture is saying, it was the, in the pews. And the enemy would like to do that, you see, because um, the sheep or this, what they try to do, they try to isolate um, other sheep that are offended to one side. So... The, the sheep that are offended become, guess what? They be actually become the meat on the table of the wolves. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. So that's why if we understand the heart of the Father, that He's called us to reconciliation. He's called us to a local family. He's called us to be transparent with one another. And I'm telling you, you can only get it right walking through love. Because guess what? We all have issues. Ask my wife. <laughs> She'll tell you how many issues she has. No, I mean how many issues I have. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ich liebe dich. I'm just teasing. I do want to keep my structural features. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I forgive you. (laughs) All right. But, guys, we all have, come on, we all have issues. And we all got things. Oh, I don't like this. I like that color. I don't like that. I like warm food. I like cool food. That's why love covers the multitude of this. I'm telling you, we we honestly need to be more in love with Jesus to share his love. Else we're going to really recognize all the mistakes one another has. eh? All right. um, So, you can be part of a, many times you can be part of a big congregation, but actually the isolation actually happens 
in your life. It happens in your soul. You can be part of a small congregation, but you can be isolated in your soul. You've isolated your life. Many marriages have this effect, by the way. You can be married, but you can be isolated in your marriage, in your soul. That's why we need to take time with one another. That's why we have to share things, do meals together, come together with one another. Why? That we an outflow, that we're not just this dead sea. Receiving, 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 receiving. The fruit of a healthy Christian life is when you're giving. And I'm not speaking about money now. I'm speaking about your life. You're always giving out. It's not, <laughs> give me, give me. You know that bird in the nest? Come on, you can't be 30 years old, 25 years old, 16 years old, 50 years old, sitting in the nest. <laughs> but we have many Christians that are sitting like that. And we're like, feed me, give me, give me. <laughs> I know some of you saw the pictures in your imagination. <laughs> How that 60-year-old sitting in the nest, feed me. And this is the life because the father's heart was loved, therefore he gave. I'm telling you, if we, if we capture this, a lot of us many times don't capture because of the strongholds in our mind that we don't have lives that are freely. We, Jesus poured out his life. The word says he poured himself out. I don't have time, I'm busy. I don't have this. He poured himself out. So, the, the big thing is, it goes about our thought patterns and the reasoning that we have with our thought patterns. All right? Matthew 24, verse 12. Verse 12 says here, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Okay? Um, that lawlessness, that word, what it actually means is that when you do not submit to authority... That's lawlessness. And uh, this is the authority that God has instituted. When I don't submit to that, what happens, I become lawless. Okay? This is what verse 12 says. So, my thought processes become contrary to God. I resist. My thought processes are resist. I resist. Okay? Remember where this started now. Verse 10. This is what it started to become. <clears throat> it says, yeah, um, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So, this verse 12 and 13, yeah, it says, and verse 13 says, but he who, who endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, it speaks about, now the thing is about the love of God in verse 24, verse 12, it speaks about also love. That love in verse 12 is the word agape. Okay, it just means God's, God's uh, unconditional love. And, um, and this love, yeah, it's also referring to specifically in the church. Yeah. So Jesus is saying basically in the last days, there's going to be massive offense that's going to happen in the church.
Massive offenses, okay? And the offenses that will happen will lead to what? Betrayal. It's going to lead to betrayals. And uh, Yeh speaks about how the love of God starts growing cold. And you know that growing cold, it doesn't happen, I don't like you. I hate you. I don't like myself. I hate myself. That's the other side. Just remember that as well. It's towards yourself as well. How does this happen? It happens gradually. You know how the frog gets boiled? It's in lukewarm water. Oh, jacuzzi. Woohoo. Nice, warm. Ah, ah, this ooh, steam, steamer. Ooh, nice. And when you look again, the frog floats. So this conditioning happens, this growing cold. The love of God grows cold in my life, your life. It's a process. Okay? And it comes from these betrayals and offenses and hurts. And that's why you can have anointed person but an anointed devil. Ah, I pray for the sick. You pray for the sick, you heal the sick, you do this. I don't know you. You can function your gifts. God honors his word. Even when you pray for the sick and you're living like a devil. That's the scary side for me. Don't let the love grow cold. So the closer the relationship, guess what? What happens? If you're close in relationship with a person, isn't it the closest people that you get hurt the most? It's, it's like that. Why do you think so many of us are messed up and then we get saved? We come from families that where we've not understood it and our parents who never understood it and we repeat these type of things and we think we're doing the best so we're sincere in what we're doing but we're sincerely wrong so then it's in business then it's in family life then it's in the local church and stuff like that so um god wants us to understand this that um even though we're close and we need to live our lives open transparent and close yes there will be situations where people get hurt but that's why if we really are building with love, if Jesus becomes the love of my soul, if I put him first, that's where I start to oversee those things. That's where I start to cover. Love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Love holds those things against people because the nature is love. Okay? This is where it starts to happen. Um, so remember, the closer the relationship the greater the offense. Why? Because our expectations are higher with people we trust. Isn't that so? That's why we get hurt. You know, I trust you, I trust you, and then then we get hurt. Whether it's with your children, husband, wife. Because they're close, and suddenly they, and what we actually do, we empower the enemy in our lives, and through our lives. That's the scary part for me. Because the Bible says the Christians were starting to act as the mentality of the wolves. You were once this, now you're becoming this. This is the church <laughs> the Bible's referring to. So the average Christian is prepared for, for you know, we, we, we prepared for the world to hurt us. Oh, you know, the world, they are a bunch of crooks anyway. They're going to. You know, the, the world's going to do this. No, I want to tell you something. We prepared for the world, but uh, the world does not have the love 
of God in them. And, and it, it's those that are close to us that actually hurt us. Okay? So we prepare you on the world that's tough out there. Yes, it's tough out there. But if we can go into the world with his love. You know, I can choose to be offended. I can take offense. You did that to me at work, whatever. I can choose it or I can choose to oversee that. I say, you know, hey, I trusted you. You crooked me. You did me wrong in business. But I choose to forgive you. I release you. You see, the problem is, it's not about what someone's done to you. If you keep what they've done to you, you are a captive. And you as a Christian, say as a captive, I always am grumpy. I'm always upset. I'm always irritated. Why? Because you've taken offense. You've, you've allowed hatred to grow in your life, to root in your life. And you don't flower anymore. You don't bloom anymore. What happened? Your love has grown colder. In uh, Luke 17.1, it says, Luke 17.1 says, It is impossible that no offenses should come. Guess what? They're coming. Jesus says that. It's impossible that no offenses will come. They're gonna, it's going to happen. So, um, there is going to be opportunity to offend or be offended. That's what he's saying. That word uh, actually is quite interesting. That word offend in uh, Luke 17.1 is the word scandalon. And that word, what it actually means is, it, who's, who's made traps before? Um, man, I know some of you are speaking about stealing your mother's food and stuff in the kitchen and you set traps for mice. No, not those ones. But, you know, the trap is like, you know, you set a trap in the bush or whatever and sometimes you'll have a certain stick, a trigger tr- a stick that's held with a string. You used to catch birds, I did. You had, build like a cage and you put a stick with a string and you hide behind the bush and you put food there and it's open. And what you do is the birds come and you pull it. That's a trigger stick, all right? Now, um... That word, offense, um, is basically is the trigger of a trap. That's what the word means. Offense means the trigger stick of a trap. So, he says here that... When you might be faced to be offended with someone, the offense becomes the trigger stick for you and I to become a captive. It is the stick for you and I to fall into the trap. To offense causes us to be trapped. In 2 Timothy 2.26 it says this, 2 Timothy 2.26, and I'm going to land. And then they may come, uh, and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. That's the word snare. Do you know that when we t- become offended and have offense in our lives, we do the will of Satan as Christians? Do you know how many conversations I've had over the years with people that say, I don't want to go to church. Because I see that guy raising his hands, saying hallelujah, praising the Lord, but he's done me in. I've heard, I, I know personally people like that. 
How can they? I want to say, listen, they obviously got hurt and offended. Doesn't matter what the person did. Your and my responsibility is to forgive and to keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. This is a scripture I started with. Doesn't matter how many times someone has done something to you. Jesus says to his apostles, the people were three and a half years with him, to guys, Get this. You're going to be offended. But you need to forgive. If this happens so many times in one day, forgive your husband. Forgive your wife. Forgive your child. Forgive that person. And if it happens again, forgive that person. Because else it becomes a trap. It becomes the bait for which Satan will then start to use you and me as an instrument in his hand, in the church, and in the business world, and in families, and in the political world. Come on, how many times, guys, I don't know if you realize this, how much in our education system, our political system, the marketplace, the media, that it's actually so demonically inspired, and, you, and then you wonder, but where's all the Christians? Well, who are you working for? Is it because offense that I'm actually an instrument of the most high God, or have I become an instrument because of my offense and my hurts and my betrayals to the enemy? God's called us, even as a local church, to transform a city. It has nothing to do with numbers. You can have a thousand people and 999 are offended people that are actually just working for the enemy. That's very scary to think about it. Because the Bible says this will happen. But that is why Jesus is not just looking for the church, he's looking for a bride. Because not everyone in the church is part of the bride. He's looking for a bride without spot, without blemish. And that's why God is busy exposing, revealing things in our own lives, in the nations of the earth right now. There's stuff coming out like, wow, really, wow. Because God is serious about redeeming and restoring. And he wants to redeem you this morning. Those that are listening, those that are here, he wants to restore and redeem you. And, and, and don't become an instrument of the enemy. Whatever you've gone through, whatever abuse and misuse. Guys, the most offended person, past, present, and eternity should have been Jesus. Should have been him. He was innocent, without sin. And we did what was done to him. And he says, I forgive you. Guys. <laughs> one of the greatest powers that are effective for past, present and future is forgiveness it affected you in my life the fact that you're listening that you are here today because Jesus forgave you and me we need to do the same let us let our love not grow cold. Because the greatest enemy is the enemy within, meaning that we've allowed the stronghold of the enemy in our thinking that we actually believe a lie later. And the Father's coming working through his spirit in the body of Christ, and he's busy restoring, he's busy healing, and he's busy setting the captives free. He's setting the prisoners free, he's setting the captives free right now. And you'll see there's, I really believe there's major restoration and healing coming to the body of Christ. Because many people pray for revival 
uh, in the nations and cities. Revival cannot come to a city or a nation until revival has come to the churches. If when revival comes to the church, great awakenings come to the city. The city cannot be awakened until the church is revived. That's what happened in the book of Acts. Remember that? The book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came, was poured out in the upper room. And from there, the city was impacted. A sound went to the city. Transformation came in the city. When our lives are not transformed as a Christian, we cannot transform the areas around us. But the basis and foundation is his love and known his love. That is why the church is being called to a place like we've never seen before. is a place of intimacy with him. I'm telling you now, God is going to start waking you up very early in the morning. And I know some of you, besides the roosters, they do it by us. But God is so serious about it because he's so in love with you and me. And he's a jealous God that if you have something that is before him, he's a jealous God. He will deal with those things. But he's going to start, and I really believe, bringing the church into such a place of intimacy because that's that's where the bride's supposed to be. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to just pray right now for everyone that is here and that is listening. Father, I want to pray that um, your word would just achieve that what has been sent for, that it will accomplish that. And Lord, where we have to forgive people, where we have to forgive and release uh, people or situations that will do it. I pray even for people uh, that need to forgive themselves. That has also allowed the strongholds of, 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 because of hurts and offenses, believe the lie about what you believe and think about us. And I thank you, Lord, that our thoughts will be renewed, that thoughts of hope, thoughts, thoughts of amazing future that you have for us. But Father, I just want to pray that... Um, that we just see just major uh, release and deliverance of people and the people in the body of Christ, even uh, in this season that we are in, Lord, that we would be lovers of the truth and not of the lie. And, Father, that our love will not grow cold, but our love will intensify for you. And that we know that you're such a jealous Father that you will not allow the seeds of, of, of uh, deceit and hopelessness to live in us, but that you want him just to... You want every part of our lives. And Lord, this morning we just surrender every part of our lives, every part of our thinking, Lord. And that which you have to deal with in our hearts and our minds right now, Lord, that Holy Spirit, that you just come convict us of things that we need to go set right. Because, Lord, your word also speaks about uh, where we have to forgive and release people, but also restitution in situations as well, Lord. And I pray that we'd have pure hearts before you, Lord, and that we'd stand blameless before you, Father. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right.